guys, before we get started, you know what it is. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod on our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Check us out on our YouTube. You see our handsome faces. We got like quadruple the handsome today. We're doing, uh, we got we got some guests, and I'm super excited to talk to them about their new comic book project so hit us up on that social media. Hit subscribe. Tell your friends about us. As we go into the holidays, there's nothing better than traveling with the fine podcast ringing in your ears so you drown out all the babies screaming on the plane. And what better uh, podcast to listen to than the Launchpad Podcast? So let's get on with the show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. Uh, Matt. Matt, we have guests today. It's we've had a bunch of guests lately. I was but just I'm, gonna say it's been a run. We really it's it's been fun. I like you know we like to do both, right? We like to just fuck around with you and I, but also we like to have cool people on the launch pad talk about some fun stuff. And today is gonna be a good one. Rumi, who do we have today? We have David Schrader and Clay Adams. They are the brilliant minds behind a bunch of comic books, but specifically, you might know them. We've had them on the show before to talk about Nightmare Theater, and they're here to plug Nightmare Theater 2. Oh, that is my favorite variant cover to there, the Nightmare Theater uh, cover from book one. It is so cool. Guys, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. We're doing All, great. Always good to be here. Um, David, you are a... This is your fourth time on our show, if I've counted correctly, and you are the the guest we've had on most. Oh my God, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> yes, it is true. You really? are like you are like the Tom Hanks to our SNL. If I was gonna say I'm gonna be in the five timers club next time. I can't wait. Like I get a jacket and uh, we hang out in the room. It's awesome. Yeah, Matt, you better, I can't you believe get that, that jacket ready. <laughs> so was it was it Baby Badass? Was I on originally for Baby Badass? Yeah, you came or? on for Baby Badass um when we were just a fledgling oh, podcast. Yeah. Anyway. And, and henchman did i come on with hench with peter and yep, yep. and that's then, what did it and yep. then um you've been on with baby badass a couple times uh henchman and then uh nightmare theater one and uh now <laughs> nightmare theater two and it's just it's just been what a what a what an honor to have no, such a repeat a, guest. It's an, the honor is all mine and i can't no. believe you know it speaks really um highly of your show that someone of my caliber has been on so often <laughs> I was going to say the opposite, but I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be positive about this. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's great. You do, you do cool stuff, man. And and again, we, we, we don't normally plug stuff. We're not a pluggy show and we only plug stuff that we think is funny or we like, or that uh, sends us cool things. No, (laughs) you got to send us a jacket. (laughs) Although Rumi, I remember like at the beginning when we first started the show, we specifically had friends who were like, Hey, can I come on and talk about this? Hey, can I come on and talk about this? And you and I were like, well, let's, you and I were like, let's think about this. We don't want to be shilling shit. If it's something cool that we are legitimately interested in, we'll, we'll talk about it. And then we don't mind plugging it as fans of that thing. And I think we've, I I feel like we've kept true to that, which I love. And Dave, it speaks a lot to the stuff that you do because not that Aaron and I are any sort of fucking, you know, critics to be reckoned with, but the fact that you keep doing you guys different are, things, you're, you're taste makers. Genres, you're taste makers. I'm wearing a chopping mall shirt right now. <laughs> 
I'm wearing chopping wall boxer shorts. I'll show you the second. Oh my um, god! But Dave, you didn't just come alone today. Who did you bring with you? Uh, Clay Adams is down here from Fried Comics. He's a good friend of mine. He can tell you more about himself. What's up, gentlemen? Clay, thank you for coming. And this man. is, I think, number two for Clay. But I remember having a blast last time talking about Nightmare Theater. Yeah, we had a great chat last time. That was fun. Um, we're, we won't we won't try to compete with that. This is a whole different experience. Which is right? good, because I was going to say, you were funny, if I remember correctly, so you better have brought it today. <laughs> I, I'm going to be the opposite. I'm going to be very dramatic. Uh, it's going to be uh, a downer. I'm going to cry a few times. Well, he is classically trained. He's a classically trained actor. <laughs> it's so. true. It's true. I'm going to start speaking in an uh, iambic pentameter. It's going to be uh, phenomenal. Rumi, oh. I feel like you'd be into that, right? Twas brilling in the slithy toes to gyre and gimbal in the wave. <laughs> Oh, Mimsy, where wow. the barrel grows and the mum rafts out grave. Now there's a bunch of people like, oh, I liked it better when they talked about dad shit. <laughs> well, you guys, I was going to say, you can you can uh, name this episode Beards and Headphones. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you guys, that going on. you guys have come pimping Nightmare Theater 2. Nightmare Th- Theater 1, what a smash hit. Um an awesome, book. awesome, awesome book. This thing was a massive, Big massive book. comic book. Um, I, like I said, what, it was 170 pages or so. Two, Over, 270. 270. Two, two, 272 uh, officially here in the back. That's the first time you're Gotta theater. Over, it if they over said it. 35 different artists, creators, writers coming with stories. And it harkens back to that era that I love so much of like EC Comics, Tales from the Crypt, Eerie Comics, Shock Comics, like just horror comics at their best, anthology series. And uh, it went so well that you guys are coming back with a sequel. So tell us about the sequel. Tell us. Well, first, I have a question, then you can tell us more about it. Are you bringing back the awesome host from the first one? You had, um, you had like, the welder and, like, uh, uh, Shelly Poe. Shelly uh, Poe Stoker. Shelly Poe Stoker, which, what, what, <laughs> what, what, three names right there. What a great uh, reference. And then, oh, what was the little ring girl with the teddy bear? Eerie Aaron. Eerie Aaron. I like yeah. that so much. They were so fun. Um, are they back? They are back. All right. Back Back Uh, and better than ever, baby. Yeah. uh, Sarah Maliski, who played Shelly Postoker in our videos, she did did another one. And uh, yeah, she'll be back in the book. The the same kind of framework uh, is involved with this one as well. It's like a continuation. It's this film festival of souls that never ends. It'll just keep going. Amazing. Amazing. Um, So how many stories do you have in this one popping up? 20 this time we we pared it down a little bit because 272 the the big joke we used to make was that you could actually kill somebody with this book (laughs) um and it uh it really was it really was big and unwieldy um uh awesome 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 book um but just uh for our sanity uh so we didn't actually want to kill someone uh we decided it was better to sort of pare it down pare it back and uh and just stick with 20 teams this go around that's can, how the second yeah. book should have opened right right you, yes you can maim someone with this book you probably can't <laughs> kill them right um, right yeah but it's also look the first book it was our first time out you know we wanted to do something with bloodline comics and we thought an anthology makes sense let's do that so we asked a bunch of people whether it's david peppos charlie stickney stephen prince like you know people we know um uh and and didn't know that well but we kind of met in this on the circuit like caden phoenix and uh, in this issue we have melissa white um everyone said yes the first time around so the book just kind of like we it got away from us a little bit in a good way but yeah it's it's a lot editorially to handle when it's that big and there's a lot of moving parts so we just want to slim it down a little and, and it's a leaner meaner sequel 
but keep the quality. It's all quality. Absolutely. It's all None, quality. Absolutely. It was an embarrassment of riches in that first volume. Right. <laughs> and, and that's Is that the thing, on the like, back? I feel like that should be in the back cover. <laughs> I don't think uh, well, you're allowed to write your own, uh, well, own log lines. A, we'll take some quotes from you guys, though. So, uh, you know, so please somebody line. say that. Uh, yeah. During the course <laughs> yeah, of the Yeah, but podcast, I'm going to forget we'll be... half of it. So I'll be like, it was an embarrassment of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> it's an embarrassment. Just an embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> I, that sounds like some of the reviews from my first film. <laughs> it's, like, it's like porn without the sex <laughs> like, great. you guys are talking about how you made this giant tome the first time then you learned a little bit about like okay let's keep you know within certain boundaries now you have volume two coming out and you have it it's a little bit more streamlined what are some other things that you guys learned with the first volume that you're now putting into practice with the second one whether it's changes that you made or ways you're going to handle things what's the what are some of the differences between volume one and volume two because of the experiences you guys had with the first one. I think that's probably the biggest change. I mean, like we uh, we sort of approach this with like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know. Sure. And and in the in the grand, uh, um, I guess, tradition of of horror movies, right? Because this is a love letter to horror movies. Um, we kind of wanted to present more of the same, uh, but but just you know, do it do it just as well, if not better. And I think. Um, I think we really accomplished that. I mean, we we actually we actually kind of started off thinking that like we might have trouble getting people this time because because like Dave said, everybody said yes last time, and so we thought, well, maybe we'll just do like a magazine, like it'll be sixty pages, uh, and it was kind of the same situation. Like we reached out to a bunch of people, a bunch of people said yes, uh, and suddenly we were like, oh, this this is like a one hundred and twenty five pages. I think it's actually going to be like one hundred and sixty pages when all right, is said and done. Right. Um, so it, it does keep growing like a like a Frankenstein's monster. But uh, but we, we really learned like, you know, it, uh, treat the backers well, create an awesome product, uh, a beautiful looking book. Um, and uh, and and that's really what, it, what it's about. And uh, and yeah, we're just we're just stoked to, to be back for more. That's awesome. I have a question about as as your roles of sort of producing this and being the editors for this and 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 are you putting stories a story in as well? Yeah, we did. Uh, in the first book, we had uh, a story called Nightmare with a K. It was right. like a, a theme park, like animatronics that had killed these kids, and you run amok. And um, it's a fun story that Ismail uh, Canales uh, did the. Uh, art for and we also did the origin stories of each character so Erie Aaron had her story Clay wrote I wrote the Shelley Post Stoker story which was like you know she has the legs of the can can killer and um you know the 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 reanimated lungs of um uh uh, Brom Stoker and, you know, uh, uh, the heart of Edgar Allan Poe and kind of like she's a Frankenstein monster, basically. Um, and that's her backstory. So we had those stories. We had our own stories and we have them in this one as well. We, I'm doing a, a Carmilla uh, comes again story. So I'm, I'm doing like a reintroduction of Carmilla and Clay is doing a um, what's your story, Clay, called The Wall of Sleep? It's, it's called Beyond the Wall of Sleep. Wall it's of sleep. a it's a Lovecraft adaptation. And that like if if you want to go back to that question about like, what do we learn? One one of the things that I that I almost regret, not not regret, but but like that, I that I wanted to make sure I got into this book was a Lovecraft adaptation because Lovecraft is huge right now. Um, people on Kickstarter seem to have an insatiable appetite for anything Lovecraft. 
And so, um, so we had kind of, we, we, we had a story by a guy named Gary Scott Beatty and he's, he's in volume two also who does like love Craftian style horror, mm-hmm. but we didn't have an actual adaptation. So I was like, you know what? I want to do something that's like in the, in the, in the tradition of the horror movies where, where we sort of take, basically take the, the title and, and some characters and the general idea, but tell a brand new story with it. Um, and, and just kind of incorporating elements of all these different uh, Lovecraft stories from the dream cycle. And so it's called Beyond the Wall of Sleep. That's and we have awesome. one of our variant covers is Brian Silverbacks did like a Cthulhu, Cthulhu uh, dreams. It's really this. cool. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's a variation in our covers this time around. Again, uh, we have a Emmanuel Taglietti cover that we're uh, pushing hard because it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, there's like a, there's, there's something vampires. for everybody. Yeah. That, that's um, the Carmilla. That's the Carmilla cover. So here's, here's a question about, about being the editors and producers. How do you, get people to do a variety because if you just like let people pick their own thing do you have input otherwise it'd be like 30 stories about buxy buxom vampires like how do you keep the variety to other buxom monsters buxy buxy the vampire is a really interesting (laughs) idea for which i'm writing that down yeah please trademark buxy buxy the vampire done i just paid Uh, the lawyer we're good but do you let people pick their own stories or do you help develop it so your book has a lot of variety we definitely we, we definitely make sure that there's variety in the book. So so like basically we we would approach people and say like, hey, do you do you do you have anything like like it might be first come first served, right? Like if if okay. I, I know we had to turn down one pitch because somebody had already pitched us a similar story, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and so like there is there is some active uh, cultivating of the stories there because we definitely don't want overlap. Like we we want to make sure that we're we're presenting like a broad variety of horror, something for everybody, um, a comedy tonight. Uh, but it's. Um, uh, yeah, like like we definitely had to cultivate those things, but but then for the most part, like we we let people run with it. Like once we knew there was an overlap, um, we weren't being like super active with with all the stories. Like there are one or two that that like we felt like might need a little more editing and tightening. Um, but but for the most part, it's like you know ninety percent of it is casting, right? Like you right. just uh, cast the right people and and let them do their thing. Yeah, and 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 uh, to further that first point like you just get the little short pitches so if we're getting those we kind of know what what uh conflicts there may be already so if someone has two or three ideas and there's one idea it's the same and like clay said if someone else was first then like well how about your other one so that way you're able to shape it before people have full-fledged stories and it's just kind of early in the process very cool what's the gestation time from like you 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 two guys you know dave and, and clay you guys get together and are like all right let's do a volume two let's really do it once you give each other the green light for that and you start reaching out to people how long from that till print when did we start coming up with this because we st- we talked about the first volume for a long time before, before we like probably before. two years we kind of like talked about it and like yeah it'd be cool doing an anthology Kicking it and, around, then, kinda. and then you start to approach people like so i think that first book takes a little longer because you're laying the groundwork right second book and clay said we were going to he was like, let's do like a magazine, a nightmare theater annual and, you know, make it shorter, tighter. And what we may do in the future, I don't want to like set it in stone, but it's, it's kind of a lot of work. And as you know, uh, making comics is so profitable and yeah. makes so much money <laughs> and it's so worth all the time you put in um, that maybe every other year or something, but you know, we wanted to follow up because we're trying to build the, uh, 
you know, the, the, the brand as it is for, for nightmare theater. Um, yeah. yeah, we got kind of a late start on this one because we because fulfillment was so, you know, I had never dealt with having, you know, twelve hundred books dropped on my driveway before. <laughs> um, so so the fulfillment was kind of a beast. It took a few months to get out all of the the backer copies, all of the contributor copies. But then once that was done and and, you know, I now I only have a few boxes in my closet. Once that was done, I I started to have that feeling of like, oh, you know what? People are getting their books now and uh, they're going to see how awesome this thing is. So let's strike while the iron is hot and and put together this next one. And uh, and yeah, so the the original idea was to do something a little bit smaller. But uh, Dave and I are gluttons for punishment and uh, we just uh, we let it we let it get out of control again. I, I. I also have never dealt with Clay getting 1200 books dropped on his, in his driveway. <laughs> so that was hard for me. It was very tough for you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. it was but to hear about it. I was like, that sounds rough. I like the like, idea. Clay, like I'm imagining, up. I'm imagining Dave was like, all right, so I'll put the website together. You take care of all the distribution. <laughs> like, Actually, okay, I think cool. I told him, I, I think it's more like you put the website together and do the distribution. So Clay, I want to give him credit. He, none of this, trust me, none of this is possible without Clay. I do what I can. Uh, and, you know, I have a, a newer family life going on where it's kind of chaotic. Um, and he's probably more organized than me, but he, Clay is indispensable uh, from beginning to end, especially with the book editorially, but the, the Kickstarter campaign itself, like he's very hands-on. So I give him tons of credit for, for the success of this and, you know, for all the other books that he does, he does a great job. Dave is being very humble. He, uh, Dave, I, I think for the most part, he, you, you were responsible for like 90% of the contributors in, in volume one. I mean, you were, you were really like the driving force in terms of like going out and actively scouting out talent. So, um, give yourself some credit. my friend. Okay. Do you guys enjoy this? Do your listeners enjoy this love fest going on? <laughs> well, I was about to do the same thing. I was about to compare me and Rumi to you guys. Okay. And I was like, no one gives Let, a shit. Let's, about let's us. hear you guys talk about each other. Like in such glowing terms, I was well, say, Rumi is the uh, you guys need to ask for raises. Right? Rumi does all the work and, and I'm the face. So like I, I bring in all the ladies and Rumi gets all the ladies, their ear candy. So I, I'm sorry. Why do you call what, Why do you call him Rumi? Did I miss that? Like, do I, what, what's the, uh, Dude, I, there's like probably thousands of people listening right now that think okay. the same thing. Okay. A hundred years ago, Aaron and I lived together in Pasadena, right? Okay. Yeah. We lived together for like, I don't know, two years or something. And during that time, we called each other Rumi and then just continued to call each other Rumi. Our wives call each other Rumi. Yeah, it's, it's mean, a mutual it's a, like name. It's a, it's a mutual nickname. That is both very Rumi. sweet. That's very um, sweet. And the reason this is the Launchpad podcast is because when we room together, like our house needs a nickname because we're the party pad. Rumi said come. that. Rumi was like, yeah. my friends have this place called the Oasis and I want to have a, and I was like, we're only getting a nickname if it's cool. Yeah. And the Launchpad was as cool as it got. Because there was a movie called uh, The Ice Cream Man, which starts Clint Howard as a killer ice cream man. <laughs> And the awesome. protect it's ter- amazing, it's not yeah. it's not as awesome, awesome as you way. want it to oh, okay. be. Okay, I got you. But it's I mean it's funny to wear it's funny to watch. But there's three kids that are like the protagonists that are trying to like figure out the mystery and stop the ice cream man because it's almost a kids movie. But <laughs> these guys they call themselves the Rocketeers and they have this handshake that they clap hands and go up and they go. <laughs> so we just essentially stole the gimmick of three little kids in a terrible. D Clint, horror Clint, movie. Clint Howard movie, people. Yeah. 
So yep. we were like, all right, our, our place is going to, we're, we're going to be called the Rocketeers and where would they be? And we decided they would be at the launch pad. That would be, that's the, that was, that was our apartment. And man, how many hot ladies marched in and out of that pad, Ruby? <laughs> Zero? <laughs> Negative one? <laughs> I mean, and our wives you, visited. And now eventually. you know the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> As, you know, like the house I was in, like in the '90s. You know, when I was, you know, still in my 20s out here, um, was <laughs> it was nicknamed the House of Woe because me and my <laughs> me and my roommate, I guess, like we were just kind of like the Charlie Browns, like man, life is miserable and it's tough, and this house was just falling apart. It was just this awful house in Burbank that was like barely held up. Hervé Villachez used to live in the back, you know, there's like all these stories about it, but you know, there was no air conditioning for the longest time. So you just sit there and sweat, you know, and, and so <laughs> the house of woe, and we had a couch that I had gotten from my aunt and uncle that, you know, I think it was new in like 1972. So this is in the nineties and, and like it, we called it Pangea cause there's this huge sectional and it would kind of drift like parts of it would drift all the time. So, was, you know, that was the name of the couch. Like you had names for everything back then when you're in your twenties, like you just don't, there's just nothing else to talk you have about. No life experience. Just, yeah, name you just name everything. So there you <laughs> oh, go, Rumi. We, we Rumi and I used to write limericks after we saw Leprechaun Three. We got into this like contest slash game where we would write limericks, making fun of each other, and leave them around the house. Like actually write them and just leave them posted around the house, and then we'd respond also in limericks. See, that's great. And yeah, that's the kind of stuff no one gets to see. It's like, it's like a little inside. Like Rumi had a long term girlfriend, though. I could have been out trying to get a girlfriend, but instead I was like, this is <laughs> let me write poetry fun. to this my roommate. <laughs> what, what rhymes with schlong? <laughs> I'm like, what, well, we had we also had booby traps in our house. Um, Pe- Pepe the Baño clown, which was a um, marionette clown that somebody brought Matt from Mexico, and we had it rigged to the bathroom door. So if a guest came to our police. house and opened the door, it would go point. Like, see, that's, that's awesome. Something. That's great. It was. I mean, it was. <laughs> you think it's awesome, but like, <laughs> what what bearing did that have on my life now? Like, am I any further ahead? I guess I am. I think, yeah. Well, you'll always have that marionette story. Well, I still have Pepe. Well, one of us has Pepe. I don't know if I gave him to you or if I have him, but I think he, I think never got thrown it, away. He, beca- well, he became Pepe, the white elephant gift that keeps coming back and forth. <laughs> Our house had this like little door in the ceiling that we never went in and it was kind of like sealed off and so one night uh my roommate and our other friends just saying we're all hanging out and they were probably stoned or at least drunk and just sitting there and they were talking about how they were scared of um uh you know what do you call it the ventriloquist ventriloquist dummies right (laughs) you know what's the there's a movie i think about like a horror film about a ventriloquist doll and uh, dead silence magic yeah magic right right. so so they're scared of that and so just later like in the evening i bring up that oh yeah there used to be these shelves here because the guy that lived here was ventriloquist (laughs) and all he had all his dolls lined up on the shelf and they said after he died that all the dolls they moved into this the attic space up there and these guys are like are you fucking kidding me like they freaked out all night that there was like these haunted like uh ventriloquist dummies in the ad <laughs> and of course years later i told him that wasn't true oh i was waiting for you to say years later we found a ventriloquist dummy up oh, there oh well they were killed by a ventriloquist i don't think it was related though i think it just you know it was a coincidence what about you clay you ever have any uh either a house with a name or a place that you lived in or some sort of hijinks 
Hijinks with a house? Uh, I I can't really say that I do. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull a great story out of my ass, but but I don't have one. I can make something up. You yeah, know what? Yeah, I, do that. I, great. I will. Um, uh, no, actually, the the only story I can tell uh, uh, about a house, and I I may have even told this on the last one, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself. But I was a huge fan of Psycho and the Psycho movies, and I went to uh, Universal Studios Florida like the week that it opened and they were shooting <laughs> psycho four there. Oh my God. And it, yeah. And it was, uh, so, so it was like a hot set. So, so like you, they, they had the exterior, they had the house and they had the motel. Um, I think now they they've torn down the motel and it's just the house, but, but they had it all and it was all like blocked off cause it was a hot set, but I hopped over the fence and I ran up to the house and I was like looking inside the house cause I was a big geek and, uh, and I got thrown out. I got, uh, I got, physically escorted off of the how uh, old are you in in the story um i mean like i'm I'm a teenager so maybe i don't know like 14 15 maybe (laughs) maybe a little older i I don't know perfect age to get thrown off a lot the perfect age yes i mean you're not old enough to like get any real like arrested trouble but uh, you know how what age were you when you realized Oh, the um, but I'm just a kid doesn't work anymore. Like for me, it was way more recent than it should have been. Where I was like, oh, I just realized I'm just an idiot. Kid is not gonna fly. Like that used to fly all the time when I when I was caught places I shouldn't be. I'm just an idiot kid. And like get out of here, you. Yeah, idiot kid. But it's funny. What I'm yeah. doing is funny, uh, right? Yeah, 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 but yeah, right, yeah. Let you. Nothing illegal. Just mischief or whatever. I'm exploring. But like now, I'm an adult, and they'd be like you're going to jail and be like, but I'm just an idiot kid. And they're like, well, you're one of those things. <laughs> 30 now you're an idiot kid in jail. You're going to be in like your 60s and be like, well, I'm just an idiot kid. I, you know. Psycho for the beginning. Clay, Clay uh, buried the yeah. lead though. He's, his house currently is built on like Native American burial ground. Is that correct? Clay? Yeah, it, it, it's true. We have poltergeists and, uh, you know, all just all kinds of crazy shit happening. Electromagnetic feel. I can't he doesn't like the, he doesn't like to talk. He doesn't like to talk, yeah. want to talk about it, but it's, I, 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 I get choked up. That's why I, I can't <laughs> physically can't speak about it. That's yeah. freaky deaky, man. Um, yeah, man, we might. I got the Mothman looking over me at night, you know. Mm. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Think about think about every horror movie we've seen, every famous monsters we've read if you could have some freaky scary shit in your house what would you want it to be you mean like we want it to be there yeah yeah like 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 fate tells you your house is going to be haunted or fucked with some paranormal weird alien type shit but you get to pick the thing Mm -hmm. which is like not necessarily don't like go by what you think is coolest or most fun to deal with. Not like something that would be beneficial, but like what would be like, if I'm going to get haunted, what am I going to get haunted? Clay? I heard, I heard roomy first, but I'm Clay's excited. So let me see. Uh, uh, The, I would like to live in the others. Right. So I, I I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. But, um, I think it's past time where everybody doesn't can, know what's going on there. If you can, haven't can seen the other shit, movie? get the okay, fuck yeah. on. Yeah, Rose, go ahead. Okay. Rosebud was his sled, too. Right? <laughs> right. And Vader oh, was sorry. I can't believe right. I ruined that for everybody. <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah, I, like, I think it would be cool to just be able to, like, uh, check out what's going on in the future. Right. Because I because I'd be able to see like I'd be Nicole Kidman right in this scenario. Um, obviously uh, right of course uh, stunningly mm. beautiful and uh and and checking out the future that's pretty cool that's that a sounds good, rad good, good answer good answer thank you thank you survey yeah. says 
<laughs> says the others. All right. All right. Is, is, is my turn? Well, you, yeah, go ahead, yes. Rooms. Do oh, no, it no. up. You I, were excited as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want a bad Ronald in my house. <laughs> I, want, I want a bad Ronald in my house. Now, we've talked about bad Ronald before, but bad Ronald is um, this kid uh, through some circumstances accidentally kills somebody and his overbearing mother is like, you have to hide in the walls now. <sighs> so I would love to have like some kid hiding in the walls. And like, I could just, I think I could train him to do things like, like, oh, when I take the garbage out for this house secretly and nobody knows it, like I leave chocolate cake out. So like I pretend I didn't know there was a bad Ronald, but like I'd secretly be training him to do things like watch my house horror gone, pick up the Amazon packages and bring them inside. And like it'd be like he like I basically train this wall kid to become like a little elf for me. It'd be great. <laughs> see, I see I have older kids. And so for me, like the thought of there being secretly more kids in my house is actually <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> I mean, if you kept your kids in the walls for a little while, maybe they'd like <laughs> help. Maybe out. I should. That's a great idea. I'll try that this afternoon. Thanks. You're, I don't know if you're forgetting or just omitting parts of that story too, Rumi, because he got like crazy obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons and drew shit all over the wall and then also drew holes in so that he could watch the young daughter change who he then got obsessed with. So you got to take the good with the bad, my friend. Your Amazon packages will be brought in. Yeah, However, he's skeezing on my daughter. Mm, it stands. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That'd be fucked up. That'd be really fucked up. I don't have an answer for this, honestly. Uh, I think... I think of terms of comedy. So I, I always had this idea for a, a sitcom where like the guy's roommate's a ghost, like from the past or something, but he's just this chill ghost. I don't know if someone's already done it. It's has that been done before? Has there been like a, a sitcom where there like, was a, a stoner a medium show on uh, like Hulu or something where this uh, guy, he was like, he, he'd show up to help ghosts, but he was just stoned out of his mind and he didn't really want the, the ability or the gift. So he was always just stoned and like oh, yeah, trying to help this ghost. Right, right. Yeah. I can't remember what it was called. Um, ghosted maybe I, I don't know <laughs> that's a good title if it's not yeah 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 uh, but, so yeah that's but it I think, like a, that. I think a, a comedy ghost I could deal with because the real ghost kind of freaked me out I've been on a kick lately watching like a lot of the Mike Flanagan stuff and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm going kind of backwards I, I started with Midnight in Mass or after I think I saw Dr. Sleep but I didn't know his earlier stuff so then I watched Hush and now I'm watching uh, Haunting of Hill House and I, yeah, I, I like watching it. I don't think I would want to actually have that uh, going on in my house. That's just too much. And my wife would not put up with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, no, and she would not put up with it. She would, not, would she, she would, be like angry or would she leave? Yes, like Venezuelans, uh, <laughs> she would tell the ghost that, no, this is not happening. You must leave the premises. And, she'd probably, and the ghost uh, would listen. There'd be a finger wag. And yes, definitely. <laughs> no. So, yeah, that's, that's it. What about you, Rumi? What do you got? I want like a haunted toy. Like I want a toy that moves by itself. And I, like, and I want the buildup. Like I want to be like, I want to come home and put some shit down and be like, that belongs over there. And I'll just figure the kid did it. So I'll move it. And then like later on, I'll look over and I'm like, wait, now it's back on the floor. And I know I just put it there. I want that buildup. And then slowly but surely we get to the point where I'm standing in front of the fireplace and I'm holding it up and it turns its head around. You, you bitch, you bitch. It starts kicking. Now here's the thing. I have, since I was about eight, I've always thought, how big a threat is Chucky if you know he's Chucky, right? Like, my kid is, is I, he just got measured the other day. He's 35 inches tall and he weighs 25 pounds. If he had a knife and was running at me, I don't see the threat. I really don't. 
And I think Chucky weighs less than 25 pounds, but let's just give him the heft and say he's 25 pounds. And let's give him the experience with a knife. I still think I have height, I have weight, I have reach on him. He's got to sneak up on things. you. He's got to That's pull, the thing. Yeah, he's got to pull a gauge and sneak up under the bed with Clay, the, with the Clay, razor blade. Clay is a child's play expert, are you not? Like, I, I, I am. Yes. Does yes. Chucky possess like super strength though? Like I have no idea. I, I don't no, know. They've no, never I, said I, that. I, I mean, yeah. it could be true, but they've never made a point of it. Right. Yeah. Right. I, That's I why think... people they ask me like, "Is Chucky like Baby Battis? Like Chucky's like Baby Battis would kill Chucky in literally a second. Like that's what I would think. Is, like Clay, like Captain America older, strength. Like yeah. Rumi, your girl's getting big. Dave, your baby's still small. But you'll see. There's times where you're holding them, and <laughs> they decide. I don't want this. And you're like, ah, but I'm like a middle-aged man and it's hard for me to just me as I gently low you to the ground and they will be like, no. And they wiggle like crazy. I still think if my kid had a knife in that situation, I could not get cut. I think I could stop that. I could stop the knife. I can't stop the headbutt to the nose. That's the one that gets me every time. My kid gets all like, right. she gets all silly and then she arches her back all the way back and then goes, and got me straight in the face. And I was like, Oh, see, Kent kicks, oh. so it's not an upper area problem. Yeah, I got see, people like, love, only people love this, cup, Matt. People love this dad stuff. I'm telling you, it yeah, always comes true. back to the dad stuff. Well, have you guys, I mean, I'm just going to keep rolling with this because it's interesting to me. Have you guys, any of you ever experienced something that you can't explain? House related or no? So I am, so I always love to go on like creepy walks, right? So like when my wife and I went to London, we did the Jack the Ripper tour where okay. we, you know, had had a guide take us around to all the sites. Um, we did that in Savannah. We did a ghost tour where we were kind of taken around. And so um, when we were living in the Atlanta area, I we, we went out to meet with some ghost hunters as they were uh, exploring this like haunted library. And um, and so we we all got these like EMF readers, right? That would make all this <laughs> crackling sounds, you know, sure. like tracking the ghosts. <laughs> and uh, and for some reason, uh, anytime my wife got near these machines, they would go off like crazy. And the ghost hunters were like, oh, well, you know, one of the ghosts is like super attracted to you and like just wants to be by your side. I think maybe <laughs> like you you remind them of their mother or something. <laughs> And uh, and so they they were like you know we just have to be careful that it doesn't follow you home, and nice. uh, and she was so totally freaked out by this like because like literally anytime she got close to it it just went insane and so I I remember like we were driving home that night and she was just so totally freaked out being like did this ghost follow me home did this ghost follow me home and I'm like I I I, th- I think you're I think you're okay I I, I think you're okay but did, did you I, check? I'm here to protect you. Well, we had to turn in the the EMF readers. Uh, when That's left, how they so. get you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, actually, I'm I'm dead. We're we're all dead. I'm, I'm having what if she was dead? What if she was a ghost? I hate to even joke about this, but also think about it. What if she's your Bruce Willis? Yeah, great it's story. Hot. <laughs> I want I love oh, the idea of like you turn in these like machines and you're like how do I know and they're like well when you get home it's kind of like ants just put like a bowl of water outside the door and it'll like draw the ghost away from her. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, some great ideas for scripts, guys. I yeah, right? <laughs> we went uh we went ghost hunting in Salem when we were in college. Oh wow. Um, and we went to the most haunted hotel in America. 
Whoa. And uh, it was me and a bunch of friends, and, and he was doing it for a class project to see. He brought, he got all the equipment, he rented it, a bunch of audio equipment, video equipment, and I, and I spent most of the night doing things to make people be like, oh my God, are you seeing this? Ah! So like, I'd run down the hallway and just hit every chandelier that I could, and be all swinging so somebody else would come off the elevator and be like, ah! It's happening and like uh, and and so I, I did that most of the night. But then we were in this room and we had the the audio recorders and we were doing the if you are here right now, speak to us, speak to us, blah 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 blah. Well, not a lot of like stuff popped up that night, but we went back and he's going through all the footage and we're in the ballroom and we're going through the the audio recording and somebody says, "If you're here, speak to us." And clear as day, a voice goes, "Ballroom dancing," and we were like what the fuck oh wow like wow that's amazing his professor is like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard why would that go say anything more substantial ballroom dancing that wasn't even an answer to the question it's like we got a disembodied voice and you're giving him an f because it doesn't say what you want it to say what if he was like (laughs) pikachu and you were like what like it still happened you didn't like it's not like we can't control what the ghost says on the interview i'm sorry it was offensive that he claimed to be ballroom dancing or whatever he was doing but it was like and that was the only thing we got that night but i like to think that 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 ghost specifically said ballroom dancing because that phrase had specific meaning to that teacher and the ghost knew you were bringing it back to that teacher, oh. and that teacher then went and hung himself because of some tragic, <laughs> yeah, he, he like, was like murder that he was a part he of was twenty the, years he was ago. The right? Murderer in the ball, like yes, this he's is the all for volume dance. three, by the way. Right, I hope you right. guys are taking notes. Uh, you guys, can we've already a got a story, story like that, <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be right, fair, there, there is, there is nothing scarier than ballroom dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, true story, yeah. especially with Aaron. Yeah. I right. took cotillion. Oof. <laughs> well, Sway, then I guess let's swing in it back for, uh, back to, to Nightmare Theater. Without giving away anything you guys don't want to give away, what are some of your favorite points or favorite uh, stories or favorite illustrations or favorite lines? Give us some favorites from volume two. Ooh. Oh, that's a great question. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's so tough to pick a favorite because we really, uh, you know, we, we, we really like have so much quality in, in this book. There's a um, so there's a cool story from a guy named Terry Cronin that is um, it's called Worm Cheese. And and I don't want to give anything away, but it's sort of like um, it's it's a it's a creepy culinary delight. We'll we'll say um and uh, and it just has some just some super creepy illustrations and uh that was a story that that really struck me and then there's another uh um will allred is a writer uh who does a book called crossover division and he's uh he's got a story with mick byers on art that is co- well actually i can't tell you the name because the name yeah. is a spoiler so uh so title redacted we shall say but <laughs> uh but it's a uh, it's a tale of of gamesmanship taken to the brink and I think I think a lot of people are going to dig that one. It's uh, it's You're got good cool teasing, art. Clay. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Lots see why of those ghosts. I see those ghosts are on board. Yes. Yes. You can see why the ghosts love them. <laughs> They're very attracted to them. Um, it's because I look like uh, Nicole Kidman. That's uh, <laughs> and your wife is Bruce Willis. Got it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, monster makeup is a kind of a cool story too. I think uh, that's from Cat clay yeah cat cat calamia um uh and the the artist whose name i'm, I'm gonna slaughter keenan halilovich yeah 
He's uh, he's the artist on a on a webtoon called uh, Witch Creek Road, and uh, they did a little story about a uh, a stalker obsessed with a Hollywood starlet. Um, but uh, let's just say she's full of surprises. <laughs> Man, you, uh, you are tease. You're good at this. And uh, you gotta Richard, work for Netflix. Richard Fairgray has another story, uh, and he he's always like kind of offbeat, funny stuff like. His first his story in the first volume I always described as the like David Sedaris horror, um, but you know there's we need every kind of type of cinematic horror and so there's a little bit of comedy. Uh, Robert uh, is it Kirsch uh, his story with the Turner Family Terror yeah Turner fam- Family Terrors yeah that's, Rob that's pretty Krish. cool too. There's I mean you know there's there's very little comedy but there's a few things here and there that kind of like you know, you, you ebb and flow a little bit. You want to balance it out a little bit, right? Like something, some of the real horrifying stuff. And then you also want to have some stuff that's just like a a little bit on the lighter side. And and Richard is so good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look on the, on the Kickstarter page, there's so many things that I love. That's just the, the vibe, all the different types of art styles. I mean, from the straight up cartoon, cartoony style to hyper-realistic, like almost painting, painting, like a very, you know, everything's really cool. And, and I love that variety when you can get an anthology that isn't afraid to have that level of variety is it's, it's, that's super fun. Cause you know, even, even tales from the crypt was basically always looked the same. It had a consistency to it, but this, right. It can take you yeah. on a full journey in, in a couple different stories, which is, and we're awesome. trying to be consistent with obviously the, like the, um, the hostess and, you know, those pages like that kind of like uh, bookend the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the variety inside kind of mimics what you would get at a film festival, you know, and that's the whole thing. It's like cinematic horror inspired comics and, uh, you know, from the different genres and subgenres. Um, and that's, that's fun. That's fun to, to, uh, you know, curate. I think that's, that's part of yeah. the, uh, yeah, the fun of it. And, and that, that to me, like if, if you're going to do an anthology, right. I, I mean, I think I, I feel like what's, what's the point if it all looks the same, right? Like we really did want to have that variety, even down to like the lettering, like a few of the, a few of the writers were, were asking us like, well, you know, do, you know, is there like going to be one letterer for the whole book? And I was like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think so. Like I, as long as it's professionally lettered and it looks good, like a book you'd pick up at the comic shop, um, it, it doesn't, I, I, I think we want to see those different styles, different art styles, different coloring styles, different lettering styles. It's not a, it's not about making it samey and cohesive. Like Dave said, it, it is sort of like a, a film festival. Yeah. There's going to be a thematic through line, but, uh, but we really want to to just have as much variety as possible. I, I love the idea of, of sort of a horror film festival. And, and the more I think about it, the more it'd be fun to see some of these as, as horror shorts, because they are all, very cinematic what about a launch pad a launch uh, uh pad podcast film festival i want to do one so bad oh yeah yeah you it's, know, it's on a, a list horror, a horror film festival start is, start it, now start small <laughs> yeah and you know this thing will grow it is so on our list because um the hard thing is you know i'm in georgia matt's in la so we have to find where to do it and then where to start but i would love to do that and just like riffing off of kind of what you guys are doing but like have a horror host but have several horror hosts have have like one in the morning one in the afternoon one in the evening get a couple hosts in there to have some fun with it because that's always super cool something i wanted to bring up because you started with it and one of your variant covers deals with this is is hp lovecraft and cthulhu um i wanted to talk briefly like do you guys have a favorite hp lovecraft property because i know it's one of the hardest realized 
sort of authors. Um, some has been done well. Obviously, HP, the, the Stuart Gordon's Reanimators is great. What a great horror movie. But is it yeah. HP Lovecraft? faithful i you know people have argued that for a while so i want to open open that up what do you guys think is a good hp lovecraft uh property that's been made so i yeah like i love reanimator and i i only saw it for the first time fairly recently like within the last year yeah and but i loved it um right yeah it's so it's so good and 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 i i feel like um you know, it's it's kind of like what I was saying before about Beyond the Wall of Sleep, our adaptation in the book, is, is that um, is that I think with a lot of these things, you you have to sort of take some of the ideas and the basic ideas and translate them in like a cinematic way or a comic booky way. Because I don't I don't know that doing a straight adaptation to comic books or to movies would really work because so much of Lovecraft is like about the language and the building of the tension and and this and that and and things that might not necessarily work on a comic book page or on a screen but that if you can take some of those ideas and translate them then i think like man you're really cooking and i i Stuart gordon just i i thought nailed it nailed uh, with, it with re- yeah yeah i mean you're so right there one of my favorite um well it's it's not an hp lovecraft one but it's very lovecraftian um and and this is clive barker's midnight me train in the book Ooh. it has this moment where it's like and i saw it gray as the night um as big as a mountain a mountain that breathed and I was just like, oh yeah. man, like, and his description of this creature in the depths of the sewers of New York was so good and so Lovecraftian of something that you see it and you go insane. And then the movie came out, I was so pumped and the movie was so good and it gets to the moment of the, the, the Lovecraftian horror, the, the eldritch God in the basement, in the, in the sewers of New York and they didn't even attempt it. They didn't even oh. show it. They just left it at rat monsters or whatever and I was like, I felt so robbed. It's like, you're not even going to try. Yeah. And I, I get it. I get it. What a hard thing to show. But if you don't show it, I judge you less. If you show it badly, I judge you. But so it's like, it's you have to find that fine line. And it's so hard with something that you see it and go insane. Like, how do you do that? How, how do you translate that to, to screen? Because like you said, yeah, anything you try to do is going to be a disappointment because it's not going to live up to those words that Lovecraft wrote, you know, right. and that's what he was such a genius at was, was painting those pictures, leaving those things just like vague enough that you could imagine them. And that terror was more than, than maybe if you saw it on, on the screen, but yeah, if you're looking for an adaptation and then, and then they just dodge that moment. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to feel robbed. Yeah. It's so weird. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I think the mist, as far as like Lovecraftian creatures, the, the, uh, Frank Darabont's the mist had some great, um, that sort of vein of something in the mist that you can't see. And the hints you get are like, Oh no, I don't want to tussle. No, no, thank right. you. Right. <laughs> yeah, about- it's it, there's something very Hitchcockian about that. That's sort of like the the building up of the tension and what you yeah. don't see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, what about you? Would you have a, a favorite um, Cthulhu or H.P. Lovecraft sort of? I, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I am not a huge Lovecraft uh, reader fan. So Clay's kind of the expert there. I've dabbled on the fringes of it, like, you know, reading a little bit here, a little bit there, people's stories, reading about Lovecraft. I watched Lovecraft Country. I thought that was a really cool, cool. series. Yeah. Um, but like, I by no means have I read Lovecraft. Like I just haven't like uh, ever gone there. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. I was busy reading other stuff. I think at the time. Hey, it's it it it's also 
It's I heard a, he's kind of I heard he's kind of an asshole. So he, he's a total, I, I don't, well, like yeah. so I was like okay, you know maybe I didn't invest too much time. It's kind of like you know I'm a Clippers fan and Donald Sterling was like the owner for so long. I was like oh this fucking guy I can't believe like you know I love this team but I hate the owner. So it's yeah, not an Lovecraft. easy jump in. It's certainly there is no easy entry entry point. It's all right. it's all difficult. And yes, if you if you're doing your research first before you dive in, you're like well, this guy's a jackass. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's no getting around it, but he wrote some good horror. Well, it's funny because, like, you know, I'm doing this Carmilla story, and, you know, this is something that me and Clay talked about originally we were going to do as a book, and we still are going to do it as a book. Um, But we wanted to kind of put it into this this anthology. And I didn't know a whole lot about Carmilla, so I had to do, like, a deep dive into, like, all the other adaptations that are out there reading the actual story. It's a pretty short novella. Um, but it's been great. Like I kind of like the research phase. So when I kind of sign on to do something, I, I want to kind of get to know it and kind of immerse myself in it. And I think we have a fun way of kind of reintroducing her and, and uh, doing something different than what other people have done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think at some point I'll, I'll read more Lovecraft, but especially with all the free time I have now with us. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, before before we, we keep talking, I wanted to bring this up for any of our listeners who don't know. This might pique their interest. Carmilla is is one of the earliest fictionalized vampires, um, and it predates Dracula. Is by, like 20, by like 26 years yeah. earlier. Wild. And, uh, yeah, Clay has mentioned like lesbian vampires. So it's like, this sounds like something that would, uh, would sell still to this day. So we are Big going time. to... Uh, uh, do our spin on it and, you know, have, have a twist involved, but uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Like it's been fun to kind of dive into it and, and see what we can do. That's different because, you know, again, I didn't know how much it had been covered until later. Um, uh, so yeah, we want to make sure that we're, you know, bringing something different to the table. There's always something new you can do though with these characters. That's <laughs> right. what's so great right. about them. Right. That's why they've lasted. Right. hundred percent. Right. I mean, the archetypal, I mean, fear as an archetype, you can, when you look to creatures like vampires, like Cthulhu, something that is bigger than than history itself, you know, there's all these archetypes in horror that you can keep coming back to, and if you find a way to present it that's fresh, and I think, you know, a comic book is a great way to do that, because I think films, you get almost too many people involved, and then Mm. too much money involved, and then people need to kind of clamp down on the wild creativity but with a comic book you can do whatever you want and if right. it if it doesn't land if if your take on this vampire story or your take on hp lovecraft doesn't land well there will be another comic book and you can tr- try again there's no many there's no limit in comic books to how many times you can swing for the fences and i think movies if you don't nail it and you don't make make the money back then nobody's going to give you another right. chance at your your camilla story you know so i i love that comic books are such a great place for horror to explore and, and that's part of what is kind of cool about this anthology is that, you know, there are plenty of properties inside Nightmare Theater that we we know that the creators want to take and do something else with. You know, um, we were always adamant that if you're going to put a story in Nightmare Theater, it has to have a beginning, a middle and an end. It can't just be like a teaser for your upcoming series or whatever. And then mm-hmm. somebody feels like they got to go buy it or whatever. But that if that thing goes on to become a hit, they can always look back and say, well, the the very first appearance was in Nightmare Theater. And I and I think that's um, just to, to get back around to, to what you just said is that like, yeah, it is. Uh, 
a launch pad, if you will, <laughs> for uh, for a few of these properties. And um, and I think it's just a cool way to do it. Just we can we can tell a story. We can see what resonates. We can see what works. And then if it goes on to become something else, great. That's awesome. Super fun. And, and getting um, back to what you're saying about like not seeing it, the, the horror, the fear, um, you know, there's some of that in the actual original novella, Carmilla. It's like what you're not showing. I mean, obviously they're doing a lot of telling, but they're still kind of just on the edges of what this could be. Uh, Jaws is a good example of that too. I think, you know, Spielberg said that he wouldn't even show the shark if he went back. And and that tension and that fear is is to me, uh, what's scarier than actually showing, you know, something jumping out at you or showing the, the, the blood. Now, having said that, sometimes even in comics, you need to bring the, the, uh, you know, the, the goods. And I think we'll have some of that in the story as far as actually, you know, you want to see the, the teeth sink into someone's flesh. So we'll have some of that. Excellent. Well, let people know where they can p- pitch the Kickstarter. Tell us about where they can go to get in on Nightmare Theater 2 and uh, what are some of the sort of the incentives to hop on board for this awesome anthology? Well, the incentive is you're going to get a freaking great book. Amazing. Um, amazing book. Uh, yeah, so so you can go you can go to kickstarter.com. You can look us up. It's Nightmare Theater 2. Uh, you can also, uh, the short link is bit.ly slash Nightmare Theater 2. I think that's a capital N and a capital T. And uh, yeah, we got we got a bunch of different covers. We've got that uh, Emmanuel Taglietti uh, Carmilla cover. There's a new tier with the poster. We did like an Italian movie style poster for that story with his cover. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's the Italian job tier. Right. Uh, we've got the naked version of that too, right? There, there is, is indeed. Mm, Cover yeah. your eyes, kids. There is. There we is. like boobs here on the launch pads, but don't leave that out. Oh, you're going to love that cover then. Yeah, that is that's sort of what he's known for, uh, Taglietti. Like he's a he's an Italian fumetti artist and he's the retrospective of his work is called uh, Sex and Horror. So uh, so you, you can imagine what he specializes in. So uh, we actually the the original art uh, came with the, the ladies naked and we actually had to pay more to put clothes on them. <laughs> so uh, ransom, so, which is you can, just like yeah. real life. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, you can get both both uh, covers there. We've got the aforementioned uh, Silverbacks, Brian Silverbacks, Cthulhu Dreams cover. Michael Col- cosplay. Michael, yeah, the cosplay with Sarah's cover. Uh, Michael Calero did the uh, Swamp Thing homage uh, cover. And what are we leaving out, Clay? Uh, Alex Cormack's Date yes. Night cover, which, is, which you can get as a trade paperback or a hardcover. That's the hardcover. Yeah, we did introduce that. Awesome. I mean, guys, hit this up. Get in on board. How many days are left um, currently? Um, this is recording Sunday, Sunday the 21st. So where are you at in your campaign right now? 11 days left right now. Okay, Time bro. is running out. TikTok Time is running kids. out. That's right. So yeah, this will TikTok. this will air on Wednesday. So 11 days today. Minus. Eight days, guys. Come on. Eight days. Get on. Yeah, they, um, know, they know their math here at the, the launch. Uh, oh, podcast. I do not know my math. You guys were lucky. <laughs> that was a rare moment of uh, math. 11 aptitude. minus 3 is 8, right? I, I don't always math, but so far it's wrong. <laughs> actually, actually, these days I'm not sure. I don't. I, I don't know. Like you could probably argue that it's not. I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. So you know, oh, I, I, what is truth really? What What is it? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, beat. I was trying to figure out how to 
schedule a time with you guys and i'm in georgia and you guys are on the west coast so i'm well, like th- three clay, clay is in the <laughs> clay is in the middle of the country i believe and i'm on the west. I, yeah, I'm in I'm in Northwest Arkansas, or oh, wow. uh, or N- NWA as they like to call it here. Which, yeah, they do uh, say that. Which is yeah. hip. Rumi, you lately have been doing like Rumi's in Georgia. I'm in I'm in California. Rumi's been doing stuff like all right. So let's meet at like 11:30 your time and like 14 o'clock my time. And I'm like, wait, what? What? It's like 11:30 your time, which is about you know seven o'clock my time. And I'm like, wait, what time zone are you in? And there's times where one of us is looking for the other person. Like, where are you? And you're like, what do you mean? We have an hour. Like, no, you said 11 o'clock. Oh, I meant, I guess I meant 12 o'clock because I can't count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so God. These are like, those are like Avon Costello outtakes. P- pretty much. Yeah, but they're I'm, not funny. Yeah. It's just <laughs> aggravating. <laughs> just aggravating. Well, that, that's why they're outtakes because they, <laughs> it was funny. They it was just it. aggravating. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, I, I think. I, I'm I'm really excited about this Nightmare Theater one was awesome and I think uh, two you know lining up to be just as good. Where can people follow you guys? Um, what's your what's the best way to follow Clay and David? So I'm on Twitter at Clay's Evil Twin. So give me a follow and uh, and and enjoy my feed as the kids say. <laughs> I am uh, at Schraderopolis on Twitter and Instagram um and also the baby badass that's still a property that is hanging around may see the return of the return of baby badass next year um so yeah traderopolis or the the baby badass twitter and instagram and guys as usual you can follow us on social media facebook instagram and twitter at launchpad pod and our website launchpadpod.com check us out on youtube quadruple the handsome faces today see everybody <laughs> saying funny things talking it up um yeah we really appreciate everybody who checks out our stuff hit like hit subscribe and like i said tell your friends about us download us for that airplane ride as you travel through the holiday season travel safe guys until next time oh wait matt we need to do a quadruple blast yeah, off like, what oh, am i thinking slow down here we slow even, my roll. we even planted the seeds earlier this episode so we That's have right. we have the secret handshake which dave you have done many a time uh clay, yes i'm almost you, a five timer if you missed yeah. the first part of the show <laughs> right so they uh, must have done it last time we were here i think he must yeah. have so oh, so yeah. we come in sideways for the refresher it's like a high five and then we rotate our hands into the rocket ship and then blast off with the raspberry <laughs> so on the count of three we will do this so one we're meeting meet the middle yeah yep. meet, meet okay. in the middle of your frame it'll, it'll look off. real weird but it'll work all right three <laughs> all right two one whoops, whoops. perfect it was this- it was synchronized. Awesome. It's totally synchronized. So, that was perfect. so perfect. <laughs> it was I, I got chills, guys. <laughs> the one in the Clint Howard movie wasn't half that good. No, this is now this I is have to amazing. see this Clint Howard. Do you know where that's You're, streaming? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it might be on Tubi. You're going to be disappointed. Okay, but don't get, right. I just watched another another movie called The Ice Cream Man last night that I turned off. 25 minutes in because Wait, there's there's two the ice cream man movies and neither of them are funny <laughs> like, or interesting yeah. the clint howard one is okay but that's one of those ones i've never been drunk but it's one of those ones that you probably are better drunk or high watching with a group of people by yourself it's like mm, there's yeah. so many missed opportunities it's not good and it's not bad it's just like bleh. and it's yeah. not funny and it's not it's just and it, poor clint howard thinks it's real you know, <laughs> <laughs> if I don't do this, who's going to deliver the kids their ice cream? Yeah, yeah he's, he's being a weirdo the whole time. <laughs> well, guys, this has been the Launchpad Podcast. We're the Rocketeers. We are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one.